This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 764, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who are wearing their masks, washing their hands, all the stuff. Keep, please do all the stuff until we don't need to do all the stuff. Love Who's 
Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week. This is episode 764. I am Josh Flanagan. This is Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. <laughs> There's a little part of me was like, let's just keep doing this. See how long <laughs> we can go. Uh, we are iFanboy. Every week we read our stack of comics. One of us picks the one that they like best. We call that the Pick of the Week. We inaugurate a new president. Well, we don't do that every week. That's just, well, you and I also are not involved in that process. Yeah, but let directly, me tell you, directly involved. Well, I was, that's a good point too. But let, let, I'd say that that could be part of the problem. Maybe that is. Let's find out what these jamokes have to say about things. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get us two desks and two cigars, <laughs> and then we get down to the business of doing things. Exactly, we'd be great backroom men. <laughs> I don't really want to smoke the cigars, nor do I want to be in a room with somebody doing it. But besides that. <laughs> What if they like hard? Yeah, like candy cigars. We yeah. talk about that book or pretzel rods. That's the way to do it. That's how an '80s kid did it. We talk about that book. We talk about other books. We talk about the patron pick. We answer some listener mail if we have time. We uh, we have fun and thank goodness for it. Uh, by the way, mm, this is this is yeah. this is always a this is a pick me up. Weekly uh, therapy. Welcome it, to weekly therapy. It's true. It's uh, it's like scream therapy, but it's like nerd therapy. Uh, here's your spoiler warning. There will be some. Uh, if you haven't read the books, uh, we, we you know what? That's a courtesy. Someone asked, why do you always do that? Because we're nice people. That's why. Try. Connor, you had the pick this week. I did. And man, why couldn't we have started with this week coming out of the gate? This I was had, a great week of comics. I had some fun. I can, and I, I, can I also that. read a bunch of, I still have like 30 books from the break I haven't read. But, and I had to read a couple of those this week. And I, I enjoyed the ones I read from the break. I mm. just really enjoyed comics this week. Good. And it it was interesting. I enjoyed comics, and then I got down to it, and I didn't know what to pick. I I, I didn't I didn't think about it for too long, but I did. I didn't have like an immediate front runner. There was a little bunch of books I really liked, and I could have made a case for all of them. So I read a couple of extra books. I read the patron pick, and then I read a, I read some books that were also patron pick votes that didn't win. Mm-hmm. And one of those books was Crimson Flower Number One from Dark Horse Comics, written by Matt Kent, drawn by Matt. Lesniewski, colors by Bill Crabtree, and I really liked it. It's just—it's so weird, but I like—I really enjoyed it, and it was so different and unusual. And I was just on a comic high, and I—I I kept going back and looking at the, the pages and the strange, um, surreal art, and I really liked the story. And I was like, you know what? That's a pick of the week. Um, huh. do you read this or is it just I, me? I did. I I. I... I read it this morning before we started. I know you're not a huge Matt Kent. Well, that's my question. Are you? Are yeah? Where Where are you on I'm the Matt? Like, Kent? I'm not like a huge Matt Kent fan. I've certainly read books that he's done, and I've liked them. He mm-hmm. did a Black Hammer miniseries that took place during World War II that I really liked. I've read stuff here and there. I'm not like one. You know, there's like there's like a Matt Kent person who like loves everything he does. Um, I'm not one of those people, but I do like. I do. I don't dislike his work. I yeah. I, you know what? I I don't dislike it, but I really have struggled to get into it. I, I, there's, I, 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 for some reason, I've very had little... I haven't been able to grab on to, to most of what I've read of his. I don't know. It's something about tone or just his aesthetic. You know, not bad. I don't, like, hate it, but it just doesn't... 
uh, attract me all that much. Um, so right. I was interested, I, and I like. I was thinking about this. Like, I like going back every once in a while and reading stuff by somebody who I have had my you know judgments and preconceived notions about, and saying, "Well, does this still hold true?" And that's benefited us in the past. I think you can see. I thought that about Matt Fraction, but then you go back and you read mm-hmm. some stuff he did, and it's great. And there's others too. Um, I, I can see why you would have liked this. <laughs> I think so. I'll go. This uh, story takes place in Russia, and it's uh, about a woman who is a pharmaceutical rep who has mental issues that we're not we're not clear on. It might be schizophrenia. It's hard to tell. And through as the story unfolds, we find out that her father was murdered in front of her eyes, and she was a kid, and she's on a quest to find who who did it. I, and I gotta say, at the beginning, you see this this is girl. She goes into her he, she goes into her father's study. She has a book. It's nice. They cut to her in the future. She talks about how she's a pharmaceutical rep in Russia. And I thought that's a pitch that yeah. not a lot of people are going to get through. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> this this is not a movie pitch. <laughs> this is a comic book by a person who wants to make a comic book. Um, yeah, and so she's you know she goes to you know, a doctor to pitch her wares and he's leering at her and we see him briefly as a wolf. And I don't, you know, either that's just a representation or that's her mental illness. And then, uh, she attacks him cause he's got information that she needs about, you know, possible killer. And she goes to confront that, that person turns out to be a government assassin who did not kill her father, but may or may not have information to help her. And I just, I liked, first of all, it was also very kind of a prick, <laughs> huge prick. And it was happy he died. But, um, very unusual kind of story, yes. you know. Russian uh, pharmaceutical rep uh, bent on revenge is not our normal comic book reading. Who's, who's hallucinating most of the time? Yeah, constantly hallucinating. Sees herself sort of a as a uh, she in the beginning. She's a kid reading Slavic folk tales, so she sees herself sort of as a Slavic folk hero in some of it. Um, and I I really love the Matt Lesniewski's surreal comics with an x art a lot yeah i got i i was like oh i haven't read a comic looks like this in a long time certainly not published by one of the you know people at the front of diamond yeah there's a panel here that i'm I'm, that i put on an instagram channel that where she kicks the door open on the assassin and he just goes flying and he's just like all spindly limbs and his beard's flying everywhere and his gas mask and is i just stared at that panel for a long time because it's just you know it's not for everyone, and this comic is certainly not for everyone, and I felt kind of bad picking it, only because I know there are some people who listen who buy the pick to listen along with the show, and I know that some people will hate this book. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think it's a hateable book. No, but if you're not someone who... If you're someone who, who, who doesn't like, you know, sort of outside of the mainstream stuff. Well, I gotta say that one of the things that I, I was impressed by is that... A lot of times when things get surreal or, you know, characters are hallucinating or there's a dream thing, it becomes hard to follow. And I actually thought this was really well constructed in the sense that I, I the storytelling was was spot on, even though yep. uh, sort of visually and mentally the character was going places. I was I was never at a loss once. Um, it was very clear. And I, I think that was that's a testament to those creators because that's hard to do. Yeah. And the thing is, her hallucinations aren't like wildly inappropriate you know seeing the doctor as a wolf you know having the this assassin tell her a story about some miners as the the cave sort of builds around them it was cool and but yeah. made sense with the story like I, at first i was like is that smoke like what is happening and then it was kind of cool how his story built into reality for her 
And then, you know, as she, at the end, as she's driving towards the next possible murderer, she is, you know, seeing herself flying on top of the car as the he- folk hero while she's driving. Like all of it is contextually appropriate for her hallucinations or whatever's going on in her life. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's, there's not like a random duck walking through the scene, you know, it's all makes sense. And <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's one of my favorite contextual arguments I've ever heard you make. <laughs> that should be on the cover like of the next duck. issue. It's good. Just it's not like a duck. random duck walking through. It's this random duck. Um, so I, I, I liked it for, for many reasons. I thought it was really enjoyable. I thought um, the art was terrific. I liked the story. I liked the, you know, the idea of it. And I really want to know what happened next. I, I thought her character was really sympathetic and interesting. I felt for her as a kid when they flashed back to the murder where she's sitting in that big comfy chair with her book where we saw in the opening scene that was so happy and now she's spattered in her father's blood. It was very, I thought, um, disturbing. That's not how you want to end a, a nice session reading a cozy book in dad's study. No, she's in a nice, really nice. I, I was like, man, I, that's a great study. I'd love to read a book in that room. <laughs> and then... Of course, now it's spattered in blood. But the fact and that you the don't have a high back leather chair is just insane <laughs> have, to me. I have a high back um, suede chair. Yeah, but it doesn't make that sound. No, no, it's not leather. One day, one day. Um, and the killer is just sort of proceeded this like sort of long limbed black, you know, wraith. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's. I I just really responded to this. I loved the scene with the the guy the possible murderer, the assassin, and his story was was interesting, his miner's uh, tale, and then their fight was great. Um, it was a science fight. <laughs> so, you know, I, I thought this was terrific. I really did. I, I, I just love... We don't often stumble upon really high-quality books that we're not aware of, you know. Mm-hmm. Not, not, it's not like Matt Kent's an unknown quantity, you know. He's, an, he's a known quantity, but do you normally check out his books when they come out? Not. I, mean, I, I only read this because it was like second or third in the voting for the patron pick. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, that's, people are into this. I should, I should see well, what it is. Well, you know, if the patrons are, are, are into that, then you don't have to feel bad that somebody's going to buy it and I just, not you know, like it. You, you wield your power with responsibility. I try. I don't want anyone to be disappointed. <laughs> but I really liked it. It's, it's, an, it's a crime tale with a little bit of a... See, it's not supernatural, you know. Like, yes, there was, another, there was another book out this week that I that the patrons voted for that I looked up, and it was like, you know, reporter in the seventies uncovers cor- corruption. I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, in the, you know, and then it was like, and the supernatural beings. And I was like, nope, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, this was just like, it's a crime story with a woman with mental illness that manifests in hallucinations, and that's sort of the, that's sort of your fantastic element, but it's not outside the realm of reality. Yeah, and. I like that a lot. And the art is just wonderful. There's there's nothing that looks like this that I'm aware of right now. No, you're absolutely right. And the, and the combination that. of that art and the color, I thought was really well done too. It, 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 honestly, if it almost looks like it looks like the kind of thing where the artist would color themselves because yeah. it's very um, intermingled, I guess. And it, uh, but it, yeah, but in a sense of sort of those things organically working together. Actually, all three color art and, and story. I thought so. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was being a little glib at the beginning. Like, I didn't love yep. it. It's not my favorite kind of story, but it's a sure. really good comic book. I love that from the art standpoint. It's all very lived in. You know, mm-hmm. like this guy's apartment is grimy and awful, and the floor is cracked, and there's holes in the walls, and there's some liquid leaking out of one crack, and it's just like you can, 
you can see everything that's happening with the backgrounds. You know, you, the characters are revealed through the backgrounds, you know, and through the through the full livedness of the that's cave nice. scene and the, the library and the hospital and the neighborhood the guy's living. I mean, they, there's no skimping in this book. It's weird, though, because I have been led to believe that in Russia, everything is sort of greenish fluorescent colored. Mm. And uh, as far as I know, every single thing that happened in both Soviet Russia and Russia after that has that same greenish pallor, you know, right. with a little flicker. But but that might just be the Americans and um, <laughs> Chernobyl. I don't know. Well, they're not, as far as I know, irradiated. But maybe that's why she's having the hallucination. Perhaps. It's... One final thing I'd like to mention. Um, the to be continued is hand-lettered, and I'm pretty sure the Dark Horse logo is hand drawn on the oh, that's the good stuff it, it looks like it it might not be but it the issue one looks like it just i just love the the feel of this comic too it just felt like an entire piece that was thought through and i loved i really enjoyed it. i'm looking forward to more of it that's excellent that's good now, stuff i was glad to see a different thing and i was actually glad to read a different thing so that, that was that was good for a moment not for a moment it was until i read crimson flower that deceased dead planet number seven would have been to pick this is the i believe this is the final issue of the it, deceased saga it felt like and i think the other ones were like seven issues also which is unusual oh no this is the final issue of this mini for sure it's seven right. seven but oh yeah you know, Th- yeah there wasn't much to do like, this feels like the final issue of the saga i mean they've solved the crisis mm-hmm. the heroes saved the day so you know when this first the original deceased mini came out we read it we loved it and then it ended, and we and they announced they were doing more. We were like, oh, man. But it turned out to be a terrific world that was built through several series, digital and also print. And But this one wraps up the story. And it's going to be kind of sad to not have Deceased happening. Totally. You know, you know what? I, I realized that this, all, this whole thing reminded me of, um, as we were reading through this sort of, I don't remember how long ago, but it's been at least a year, uh, if not more. Um, it reminded me of when uh, Batman books were in the cataclysm and the aftershock and everything mm-hmm. where you just sort of entered this place and it was separate yeah. from everything and it was really compelling and, you know, there were challenges and it was it was in the main continuity. So they, they had more, um, I guess, a little more consequences in the in the greater world. But for the most part, they were really self-contained. And, and the other comics were just like, well, that's going on over there. And that was kind of it. And so it sort of right. lived on its own. And this felt a lot like that because it was, you know, sort of driven by one person, you know, telling one story that, that, that really fit into the world that there was. Now, it's funny, at the end of this, as we're, we'll find out, like, pretty much everyone was okay. You know, like, well, the, you know what, there are, there are loose ends, though. Superman. For sure, but there's also like, you know, many people did die. You know, they, can, yes. they couldn't vaccinate, vaccinate. Yeah. they couldn't save those who have been killed as zombies. Vaccinate. But, um, <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot to do here. There's a lot of things to wrap up. The uh, Batman and Superman have to stop Amazo. John Constantine and Satana have to stop Trigon. And then the rest of the heroes have to sort of get the cure out to as many people as possible as quickly as possible so there's a lot happening and it's a very fast wrap-up but i thought it was handled really well it felt like a very epic ending like almost like they were in the return of the jedi where there's three things happening at once this felt mm-hmm. very much like that and i liked constantine a lot in this yeah I liked that he sort of take, took all the power of all the magical heroes he's wearing ragman's cloak and dr fate's helmet and he's got the dead man's Xanadu's powers 
crystal Madame ball. Xanadu's crystal. And he sort of becomes like the ultimate magical character and he takes on Trigon and he sacrifices his life to do that. I thought the scene with him and Zatanna, even though I don't like them as a couple, was very sweet when he was sort of fading away. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this. I don't, the bit I don't with, tend to think of them as a couple. I tend to think of them like they've had, you know, they've had. Well, they, they couple them off in the Justice League Dark book for a bit. Oh, okay. Um, I always think of it like because they knew each other. Like they're like colleagues who've slept with each other once in a while, but really like yeah, each that, other. That's that, how I that, look that, at that. it. And there's probably more of an emotional connection than John Will. We're willing to admit, at least, yeah. but, at least at the DC version of him. Um, I, I love the bit with Superman and Batman where they had to save the day, and then and then Superman stopped to save to thank the sort of regular soldier guys. Mm-hmm. It was terrific. I think um, one thing that I really appreciated in this issue was uh, I, I, it's Trevor Hairsline. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's a bit where uh, when they're fighting Trigon, especially when John is, and boy, they really got the scale right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were actually talking about this with Big Girls last week, but like, you know, like yeah. he he steps on John at the end, but the Trigon body is is not. It's just like it's just a giant sort of humanoid form. It's not it's not cartooned out or monstery or anything. Right. He's red, but and and I I just think it's really interesting. Like we see giant characters all the time, but. You don't, you know, like watching the actual physicality of like Superman fighting a giant. I feel like you don't see it all that often. It's always from a distance, you know. But I, I thought, you know, it's a nice metaphor. Also, you know, what they're going up against. I like the fact that John knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew everything that was going to happen along the way, and he had the plan. And it it really tells me that, in fact, Taylor was doing that miniseries with Derek Robertson. That hasn't finished. Yeah, the the Hellblazer one hasn't yeah. finished. Yeah, and, and, you know, but he clearly loves that character and has a good handle on him, and found a way mm-hmm. to integrate him into this in a significant way. That makes and in a way that makes sense. As yeah, a man. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, totally not. It wasn't like I love this character and shoehorn him in, just like it totally made sense. And and you know, he he was who he is. You know, he's kind of a bastard, like I'm not a good guy. You know, but everybody respects him in a certain way. Uh, yeah. Th- yeah, there was also a line where. You know, Superman said you're a good guy, and he's like, means a lot. You said it to me. It's not true, but <laughs> it, it it was just full of all the great little character moments that we've come to love through all these books. And I'm looking at the page right now where Superman and Batman go to the Penguins sort of collective to get Professor Izo, and the Penguins like, "Fuck you guys!" Guards kill him, and the guards are like, "I'm not shooting Superman." <laughs> like, who do you think we are? Like, like it was just all like, you know, that was the the bits that we love where, yeah. um. You know, like, don't be an idiot. And then, but it's then also Superman. it's also a twist on the henchmen because henchmen right. never do that, right? You know, like it's 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 just that little bit that makes it more special than the other comics, right? And the thing is, like, they're not your normal. It's not like they're henchmen. You know, it's not like they're yeah. hard goons. They're they're just soldiers who have aligned with Penguin because what else are you going to do? Well, they, I mean, and they got hired and everything. But but either sure. way, I mean, it's just it's just one step more of thinking like, oh, how do we do? How do we make this more interesting? Right. Um, and then the, he has a great conversation with the soldier and mm-hmm. thanking him for not attacking them. And it takes a hero to stand up to people in power. I just, it was yeah. full of great stuff, great art. And I was, I was legitimately bummed when it was like, it was a great ending. And yeah. It was very sweet. It ended with, with Ollie getting the cure and, you know, kissing Dinah, which was, I'm sure, horrible zombie breath. But, um, <laughs> there's a right life right there. It was still very sweet. You know, that it ended on those two. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about a lot throughout this how great his Ollie had been. Yeah. And and how great they were as a couple. She's now Green Lantern and 
Um, it was nice. And again, it was happy ending, even if they weren't all saved. There is tragedy in it. Yeah, I, I, I do hope. I, I hope that the Tom Taylor gets this to be his thing that he does the way that like Tom King gets to do his twelve issue maxi series. Then Tom Taylor gets his own world for two years, you know, to do a bunch of stuff on. Like I, I, I know he just got announced on a Batman book or something, right? Yeah, he's on Nightwing and he's doing a Batman miniseries. Yeah, the Batman miniseries is pretty much out of continuity. But and I'm sure there's for him to be on main books. I'd love yes. for him to do Superman, but like if they just wanted to keep giving him like here, just do another out of continuity two year two year adventure. You yeah, know, he did Injustice. He's doing this like. Every couple of years, hey, you get you know that build, would be terrific. Build your world, do your thing. Yeah, no, he's he's really great at that thing. I bet I bet there's a lot of guys who would be really good at that. Some guys, you know, like Dan Slott needs to be on a yeah. regular, you know, build for it. Yes, but some some guys need to be outside of it to get the best out of them. So we'll see. Well, you know, sim- similarly to the Dead Planets sequels, we have Maestro, War and Pax number one, Peter David Javier Pena. This is the sequel to the Maestro mini, which we really ended up loving. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, I, I'm, I have mixed feelings. I, this issue was also great again, but my, my, my overall mixed feeling is eventually with prequels, you end up <laughs> butting up against the, the original story eventually mm-hmm. if you keep going. I don't remember because it was, you know, in the early 90s. I don't remember exactly when that story started in the, in the story of Maestro, but. You know that's the, that's the concern. Anyway, it's not important to this particular issue, which I thought was a little ton of fun again. Well, I don't I don't know, I don't know that story at all. So I'm just I'm just you know doing this on its own. I love this. I've I've enjoyed it the whole time. <laughs> Every time a new one comes out, I get more excited. Uh, and yep. and you know sort of that last one ended, and I was like, oh, this is you know, and then right away the next week. I mean, I read the other one last week. I don't know what the difference was, but you know, we're we're just keep going as if as if this is just another you know part of the series. Um, gorgeous art, um, great art, Beautiful. great art. I think it's a believable extension of a thing that could happen to Hulk and Banner. Yeah, you know, like he just is like he's enough of the puny humans. I'm gonna take over. This is stupid. I don't want to deal. Uh, you know, I, and the I, thing is, like, I know you traditionally don't like the last page stinger character reveal but man when that happened i was like yes mm-hmm. which we'll get to in a second so in this story so the first mini was about <laughs> i know who about, i know who that character is <laughs> so like i'm like i understand that that it's when i don't know when when i'm expected you know it worked it, here basically that's, the that's you don't know or, or the punisher so yeah. um the first mini was about hulk banner waking up and finding that the world had gone to hell and most of the heroes were dead and everything was was messed up. And then running into Hercules, who was now calling himself the maestro, running his little fiefdom and taking that over and, and becoming the new maestro. That's how it ended with him on the throne as maestro. So here he's expanding his, uh, what he's calling his Pax, his, his, basically his Rome. Mm-hmm. And so he um, gathers his forces to attack Washington, D.C., which is the citadel of a, another group of people. It's very Walking Dead-esque. Um, run by Robot Man, well, not run by Robot Man, but he's sort of their 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 administrative leader. He's the he's, he's the Lando Calrissian, right? And so uh, this issue was all about the conflict between the you know his group his group coming and attacking, and then um, the you know them fighting back, and uh, and then there's this whole side bit where we have these who are these people, the the gods, the the, pa- the uh, pantheon, the pantheon. Yeah, they have, sure they, they have they have they have god names: U- Ulysses and Delphi, and right. 
I don't know. I guess it's the Pantheon of the Gods. Something like that. But they're they're living it up in like like they've gone on some sort of expensive vacation at a lake somewhere. And they're living they're living underneath the uh, ice in the Ar- the Arctic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it's good it's good to know there's still ice in the Arctic in the future. There you go. And also, you um, know, say, say what you want, but w- there's nothing that humanizes a Hulk more than realizes that he has a receding hairline. Right. Like gamma radiation can do a lot for you, but there's some things you can't cure. Um, and and then at the end, you know, the stinger is we we there was a, there was a brief cameo or a sh- shot of this character earlier from the back, but the the reveal is that um, Doctor Doom has showed up in the Arctic, so mm-hmm. they're adding Doom to the story, and this is. We're going to talk about this again later with another book. This is a very classic Marvel. Peter David still got it. You know, he for me he's a for for new readers he might be a name might might not be a name people know for people who've only come on in the last couple of years. But like for most of my life, he was one of the biggest comics writers in all of comics. Yeah, and uh, his Hulk run is legendary. His he's got many legendary runs under his belt. And, and in that in that time. I do not feel I I really don't think he feels dated. I think he's doing no, he's, he does good good work still. He had a massive like he have a stroke or something like that at some point. He you know, maybe. but he's still putting out really high quality work when they give him a chance to. And you know, this is his wheelhouse obviously. Going in here this is you know, a little bit of uh, having having a I was going to use a baseball metaphor, but I was going to blow it, so I stopped. Well, there's a baseball reference. The, the if you my point is if you took his name off and put a random name on, I'd be like, oh, "Who's this new writer? This yes. writer's terrific." Cuz yeah. he's this is this is great. Um, um, he, so I'm looking forward to it. Here is more. I'm I'm going to introduce a concept, and yeah. I think it's going to come back uh, at least once more in this show. But what we have here is good old superheroes. Yeah. That's this is <laughs> good, good old, old superhero comics or gosh, yeah. it's a gosh system. Good oh. old superheroes. Oh, we've got that. That's right. <laughs> Might be a T-shirt someday. Um, good old superheroes. It's a, it's 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 very high on the gosh scale. Now it's it's. Outside of you know continuity, it's not taking place in the ongoing book. But this is like, I think Kirby would look at this and go, "That's great." Whoa! Sorry, you blow him. I'm, th- I'm trying to think how the gosh scale works. I, I like it. I like it yeah. a lot. <laughs> well, that's the thing I've noticed that over over time, you know, I have moved. I, I don't know if it's left or right, you know, but you know, initially it wasn't my favorite thing, and the further we go into this, I don't know that that's always my favorite thing, but I really like it a lot now. Well, especially with the impetus and it's definitely true of marvel where they they sort of shy away from that a lot in the main books it's like all the villains are either you know what let's wait and and bring this back up with another book because it's relevant to another book yes it is um rorschach number four tom king jorge fornes dave stewart clayton cowles so we're i i had read i I think i had three and four because i didn't read three over the break and so we're in that we're in that middle we're in that fourth issue Tom King zone where it's like we oh. still aren't quite sure what's happening but we're starting to learn things. Yeah, yeah. The last so this one, last one was sort of the the origin of uh, no this yeah this is Tulip this is Tulip showing up from uh, Preacher is in this one. I really um, like this one. I love this yeah. as a character piece. Uh, this the whole issue is the cop. He's a cop, right? Or you know, an, an the investigator. investigator interviewing this circus strongman who got pulled into the uh, web of the kid, which is the, the, the name for the young woman who died in the first issue with Rorschach. And uh, as a character piece, as like a one-shot story, I thought this was terrific. I mean, the art, obviously, the art was great, but like the, the story of this 
strange couple, and they weren't a romantic couple, although he was in love with her, but the strange couple from the circus who end up their lives sort of spiraling out of control as she manipulates this guy to start helping her with her crime. Mm-hmm. He becomes this giant, jacked, strongman Rorschach <laughs> who goes around killing people. And uh, also it sort of played into the, obviously it's Tom King, the zeitgeist of today about where he's a, he's a conspiracy theorist about the Watchmen and mm-hmm. that they're all, they're all not dead. They were, they were not killed by Dr. Manhattan or whatever. They're retired. He, he vaporized their human bodies, but sent their souls to live in other people. Mm-hmm. And so she has been searching for the person whose soul inhabits Rorschach. And obviously that's ridiculous, but it's part of the sort of conspiracy uh, feeling that permeates Which, the world right now, our world and this world. And it, it, it also was in Watchmen 86. I mean, that, that was, that was definitely part of it. You know, there's, there's a lot of parallel here. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a long, um, I don't know if it's an interrogation, but there's the, the psychologist who sits in the room with, with Rorschach, you know, and that's mm-hmm. going on here. And it's, and it's interesting because this guy is also Rorschach air quotes, you know, but he's a whole different, he's coloring the whole time. And, and I like the idea is that he's actually sort of just a sweet, simple person without God, like, yeah, without like sort of the morals that would guide what you're doing. He's just like the, the lady was good and she wanted me to do it. So I did it. But one thing that, uh, sort of undercuts that is the fact that he has that immaculately groomed mustache. And I was like, I feel like, like that guy that they're portraying wouldn't have that, but it is a good mustache. I'll give him that. He, I think he'd have the mustache. I don't know if he'd have the soul patch. Yeah. Well, the, but the mustache wouldn't look it out. He's got him. He's got it groomed out to little points, like a like a like a literal comic book villain. Yeah, or a pirate, which is you know that's the whole, a good point too. The whole world is pirate. You know, instead of superheroes, they got pirates. It, it really was. A, it was a hell of a reach. Actually, I'm sorry. His hair looks exactly like the character he's he's coloring. Yeah. The uh, it, Pontius. No, who is it? Pontius, uh, Pontius pirate. pirate. I think that it was, it was really interesting to, you know, take a character who is utterly guileless, but also, you know, has killed a bunch of people and has no remorse about it. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's sweet. He's a killer. Yeah, but he's sweet. You know, like it, it, it's, uh, yeah, I actually, I think the last two issues were, I was not looking forward to number three. I was like, all right, see what happens. Because it just hadn't, and the last couple I thought, okay, I, I kind of see where we're going here. And and they gave me something to grab onto. I kind of understand this investigator guy now. I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I I see a direction, and I didn't see a direction, which we knew was going to happen. But you know, <laughs> I really, I mean, what what this guy does is horrible. All the murder, but there, I did laugh at the scene where he tosses the guy down the down the elevator shaft, only mm-hmm. because the guy was so pompous, mm-hmm. and he was talking all these big. You know, I've got all, all all these powerful men behind me in Washington. You can't do anything to me. You can't touch me. And he goes, "Wait, what do you do?" Ah! Like it was just <laughs> he didn't he didn't care one bit about what this guy was saying. Cathartic. I mean, it's horrible, but it was just kind of the way it was structured was very funny. And and uh, you know, I don't. It, it should not go unsaid that boy Jorge Fornes is a talent. He he's my favorite new artist to come along. And I mean, he really he's he's got the thing. And I think that we're moving past the he's ju- the Mazzucchelli clone. You know, oh, for sure. That, that there's certain you, you guys. You can see it here. Yeah, oh, it's there, but it's not. No, I mean, we can see that he's developing a style here, as opposed yeah. to when he first came on doing Batman. It was basically Magic Chili. Now, great, I'm, I was all for it, but um, if you're going to copy anybody, you know, that's a great guy to copy. But you know, the, now he's we're seeing. Yeah, he's he's developing his own his own thing here, and you know, Dave yeah. Stewart never hurts in that respect ever. No, but uh, it, really wonderful. You know, it's the same. It's it's similar to. Uh, 
Gary Frank on that other Watchmen book is that, you know, uh, evoking the, uh, the, the spirit of the Watchmen books, but without aping it, I think. Right. And yeah. also in a style that fits with their own style. Oh, yeah. I mean, this he's not at all doing uh, Dave Gibbons, but it's... No. But it's the layouts hard. have, have you know, yeah. they're hints of it, but it's just not, it's not too much. I think it's really, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice line. It fits right. and it fits. Yep. It's a piece. Let's move along to this part where we mention the ways that you can become involved with and help out this little endeavor that we have taken on at iFanboy. You could get yourself... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move through this because I think people know yep. the spiel. Uh, you can get over to patreon.com slash iFanboy where uh, you can... Uh, un- where people have unlocked shows and, and, they, and they saved shows from the, from the precipice of being relocked, um, which is oh, working out for you. I hadn't done that media explode that came out this week. I bet. Which was so much fun to do. It was fun. They are they're super fun to do. We might just do them on our own and record them and then not give them well, to Well, I mean, anybody. this particular Star Wars related one, we'll talk about at the end of the show, but man, yeah. that was a fun conversation. It's it's absolutely true. So you got the talk splodge, you got your book splodge, you got your media splodge, you got YouTube comment, content going up there. You have the monthly patron hangouts. There's a lot of good reasons uh, to become a patron of iFanboy over at patreon.com slash iFanboy. Uh, there's also the Discord server uh, and the patron Facebook group. Um, Good. It's 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 sort of a return of community for us, which I think is really fun too. Uh, over at ifanboy.threadless.com, there are eight uh, designs that were nominally for T-shirts, but can be put on other products uh, if you so desire. There's some real winners in there, I think, of those. Uh, don't forget, there's the Stay Home and Read Comics, which you should still be doing. Um, and yep. a portion of all those sales will still go to the Comic Book United Fund. Uh, we have donated them a not insignificant amount of cash, which I feel good about, and you should too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's ifanboy.com slash support, where you will find a PayPal link if uh, if you don't want to deal with any of that stuff, and, and that's what you feel like doing. We think of that like a tip jar uh, at the coffee place. Um, hmm. Uh, coffee moment there. ifanboy.com slash Amazon is where you can go to buy the books that we talk about in our book explodes. You can always find a link to the pick of the week there, and there's a general link for Amazon uh, since uh, going to stores is just outright insanity at this point. Uh, yep. Although you should try to support those people in the way that you can, in a way that is safe. Uh, you should you should have a mix of retail experiences. That's what I believe. Um, and thank yes. you to everybody who uh, has contributed in any of those on your way. And, you know, even just you... Uh, common Joe listener out there, Joe and Jill listener. Hey, wait, that's the I didn't realize that. Uh, that's the Bidens. Uh, they both have those. They both have completely normal names, like like a. Anyway, the point uh, is this: I'm yeah. into some people for a lot of money, and there's some serious folks. <laughs> so <laughs> they're gonna take my toe. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of words. Wait, hold on. I got to give credit because you know it's always great to explain a joke. I'm into some people. That's fantastic. And then, and then the very underplayed. They're serious people. <laughs> these these guys. They're serious guys. They so, don't they don't play around. Yeah, I like all my limbs intact. But thank you for everyone who supports the show. We do appreciate it. It does keep the show going, pays the bills, and allows us to do uh, more shows, more for you, and, and we do enjoy doing all of them. I mean, I mean. I think we should just come clean with it. We are both degenerate gamblers, right? Yeah, and, and we're we're not good at it. And no, so you think after all these years, I'd stop? But. This this whole show is is a front, right? <laughs> that was our brilliant plan. <laughs> pays, that's how I pay our gambling bills. Is, you know what we should podcast about comics. You know what we should do? 
<laughs> we should start a podcast about comics for years. I'll keep playing craps. Well, it's 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 it was a gamble in its own. This right. this will pay off. Don't you worry. So speaking of paying off, Legion of Superheroes number twelve. This is the final issue. Brian Bendis, Ryan Souk did the whole thing. Wade Wade von Grabadger helped him ink it, and Jordi Belair, Dave Sharp. Now I know you dropped off this book. I I I keep picking them up every once in a while because I can't remember if I dropped it off and got back on. So I think it's, I read halfway through this one and thought I got no idea, so I stopped. Right, and the thing is, like, I don't know. I can't tell you this. This series ultimately really successful. I thought it was a very strange book. Yes, but I liked it, and I liked that it existed. Okay, I don't. I, don't, I think I feel like it's an experiment that Bendis was doing. It didn't quite work. It got too muddled. It was never really focused. But every couple of issues, I I really like it, and I mm-hmm. liked the camaraderie he built up with the team. You know, he Bendis is a team. Yeah, it's his like specialty. He he can obviously do solo heroes. He's done a ton of them, but he's very good at team books. And this was maybe too sprawling. It was maybe it, too the, big. There should be a limit on how many characters you give this guy. But I did really enjoy it, and I like this final wrap up issue in which the team came together to save the day, even if it involved Rogals are, which I think is the the worst idea that Bendis brought to the table and should not have happened, but. And a boring design. Um, boring design, just but really just mucked up the Superman mythos. But anyway, the fact that the Legion came together, put their put their differences aside, Monel put his pride down and teamed up with Jonathan to defeat him and and uh, Doctor Fate. Like all the, it just was ended up being a a fun wrap up, it's, and I liked it. There was a little mystery at the end, which they may or may not ever explore again. But um, it's really interesting that Bendis on Superman has like. Like we enjoyed the books for the most part, and I think oh, yeah, you know sure. they're good. First but year. but you know left left some really shitty marks. On like you know you've got the Rogel Czar thing. You have uh, you have Superman revealing yeah, his identity. identity. You've, yeah. I mean, like if if those comic books hadn't been really fun to read, I feel like I would feel. I don't know why I feel feel I feel so strongly for them because I don't like anything that happened. But I, well, that's the we, thing. Yeah. We, 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 yeah, let's not get into that for right now. But let's talk about Batman Catwoman number two, Tom King, Clayman. Is this coming out monthly? I don't know. Mm, ish. I'd say. It's not bi-weekly. Are you still reading it? Yeah, I read this one. I liked it more than the last one, but I'm not sure what it is, and I'm not sure that I love it. It's a, it's a strange, you know, it's, it's what we talked about before. It's a strange, now out of continuity story, and... <laughs> It does feel very epilogue-y, you know, and instead of just sort of going from that Batman book to going into this, you know, these issues to just continue or finish the story, it feels like it is a different thing, you know, a continuation of, and I think that that's good structure. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird hybrid because, you know, it was meant to be supposedly in the regular Batman books, but it was moved off into its own Black Label miniseries, and it takes place half in the future, and half the present, I guess, or even more in the future than the present. But um, and, and, and certainly, it's starting to involve the character from *Mask of the Phantasm*, the uh, the woman that looks like the Grim Reaper, but it's not. So I don't. I, I like you. Don't know exactly where this is going either. But I, I've been enjoying. It. I love Clayman. I just, I just really love everything he drew. And then this ties into the Porky's Bar that Tom King introduced in that Looney Tunes crossover. Mm-hmm. So it's all just sort of. He's getting to play with everything he sort of brought to the table in, in Gotham. 
this is his this is his sort of love letter to the animated series, I think. Mm-hmm. So I really do love the design of old Joker. And <laughs> old I was retired. I I I also have mixed feelings on him sort of like coming back out as a killer in this, meaning that like I kind of liked the idea that he'd actually retired. Uh-huh. I'm done with all this. But of course that makes no sense for the character. Yeah. I just thought it, I think it's funny. I mean, he shouldn't be allowed to do that. And of course he shouldn't be he shouldn't not be Joker. He's always going to be Joker, but it was fun for a little bit to imagine it that way. Right. It's good. Yeah, so it's interesting. There's a lot it's very much we we say it a lot with Tom King books, but we're very early. <clears throat> and that means we don't necessarily know what's happening here. Yep. But it tends to all make sense in the end. Sure. So Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon, written by Larry Hama and drawn by David Wachter. And this is another one of those books similar to uh, Hulk that I just loved as a classic Marvel comic. And yes. um, it's, you know, Larry Hama, again, if, if you're new to comics, may not be a name you know, but it's one of the most important names in comics in, in terms of its history. In a, if, um, I want to say 45 years or so. Of, of history and comics like he's been mm-hmm. around um, yeah and held held every kind of job and done every yes. kind of thing you can do in comics and um so here we have an sort of out of continuity iron fist story that sort of takes place you know there's elements of newer stuff like the it's very much like a modern power man but it's very much a classic iron fist mm-hmm. um like I, you know i don't know what's going on here like i don't know if these these you know pay and uh fool are Gwildor. but it doesn't matter, you know. You, you get you get enough enough information in the story to, to know yes. what's happening. And what I wanted to talk about now, which I almost mentioned earlier, was that Marvel's tendency lately has been to take their villains and make them goofy. Mm-hmm. You know, like Taskmaster. I really am enjoying that Taskmaster miniseries, but yeah. it's goofy. Yeah, sure. It's the it's the Matt fractionization of the villains. And here we have a classic scary Taskmaster that reminded me of how I would feel as a kid when he would show up in the comics where he was terrifying. And, his mask and, and is terrifying. unstoppable. Yeah, his mask is terrifying. His, his abilities are terrifying. He, the heroes can't dispatch him. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, oh, it's, it's scary Taskmaster, which mm-hmm. is so different than what we've been getting. Because, again, Marvel takes their, their you know, has Dr. Doom eating burritos and queens and mm-hmm. Taskmaster's kind of a good goofy good guy and... They've done that set with several of their villains, and that's this is to me this is higher on the gosh scale because it it yeah. feels more like that like I feel like it should you know it was very so for a little while this was the the um, front runner in the patron voting and I had I had seen it and thought well I'll give that a flyer mm-hmm. anyway uh, but when I saw it was good well, I'll, I was I'll definitely make sure to read it um, and I loved it this was this was actually the book that I that I coined gosh on and I was like that is what you want and it, it's interesting that the two guys who did those books this week are you know vets this is Larry Hama and Peter David um, right. I was not excited about the fact that there was a Billy Tan cover on it I, and no. I instantly see Billy Tan's art and I'm like I don't I don't like that um, it's not my thing but inside Dave Wachter that's a guy who has not done a lot of mainstream books i've known him for a while because i used to see his stuff all the time when i would do sketchup on the website great mm-hmm. artist you know does a lot of good pinups i'm sure he's done some sort of smaller stuff but boy he you know he was perfect for this he was he was great i loved the art in this book i loved yes. danny's face i loved uh, luke cage's face i you know the the little whatever his name the little gwildor guy 
you know, was, was fun. Uh, there's some really wonderful uh, sequences, you know, action sequences, lots of dead ninjas, really wonderful script. You would not guess that this is a, you know, not young, young writer. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was, it was all the, th- like this could have been my pick of the week. When I, when I was reading, I thought I could totally make this pick of the week this week. You know, again, yeah. same reasons you said there was no, there was, there was, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know. It doesn't matter though. You just pick up and read a comic book exactly like you did when you were a kid. And I don't mean that this was childish. I just mean no. that we didn't have all that baggage when we, when we were younger and it's nice when books don't have to. Yeah. And again, there's Lady Bullseyes in this and she's, she's a character from the early 2000s. So this is all kinds of just sort of ragtag elements that are dropped into this stew pot and you end up with a really fun action story in which some people are trying to kill all the mystical dragons in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And since one of the iron fist, you know, duties is to protect the dragon of Kunlun, he gets sort of called in to help and, and it's not going well. And, and I, I just, I thought this was great. I like that, you know, this has a little more traction, but if you compare this story to the, um, Shang-Chi story that's going on, you know, mm-hmm. where this is just a lot, this is a lot more successful because it's using a, yeah, more familiar formula, I guess. Uh, like there's a whole, uh, uh, you know, legacy and, and mythology behind this that I don't really understand just like I don't the other, but um, it was fun. It was fun and it was you know, like you can you can have the fun characters and you can have the arch villains at the same time, I think. It's good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I do, I do want to mention quickly Barb Alien, Red Planet number three. Uh, I read two and three this week. Uh, it's 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 just Tate Bromball and Jeff Lemire who are the writers uh, and Gabriel Hernandez as well to the terrific artists who did the Vision series of Tom King. Um, just, it's just them getting to explore, uh, you know, the, the world of gay men during the AIDS crisis through the lens of superheroes and, uh, is it sky star city, sky city, whatever the name of the fake city is. Um, it's just a stand in for San Francisco or New York, whatever, whichever neighborhood you want to, or place you want to, you want to look at, but it's a spiral city. It's just, um, it's been a terrific character piece. Uh, you know, it's it, this was there's a big alien fight here in which the you know the Boa Boaz shows up finally to fight Mark Mars, the John Jones stand-in. But ultimately, it's really about the persecution. It's about how they have to go to special hospitals because no one will treat them. It's about how you know they have to hide out and hide who they are and the conflict that comes out of that. So it, it's it's been I think a really beautiful little story and a, a lot of uh, the art the writing's been great but a lot of it has to do with the, the Gabriel Hartman and his Walter all art who is just great I feel like I was too hard on that book and I feel like I want to go back and finish it it's been really good mm-hmm. it has been really good um and uh you know all these Black Hammer books are really good but I think this one has a lot more emotional resonance because it's sort of I don't want to say based in fact but based in in the things that did happen in the sure. world at, at the time and uh as 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 Barbalian Mark Mark Mars is sort of realizing that who he is as a as a gay man alien character. It's been nice. It's been really nice. Cool. So yes, let's patron pick it up. Uh, there was a last minute rally here uh, that that the vote came through on Rain Like Hammers number one from Image Comics, created by Brandon Graham, a, a sort of high test uh, indie comics auteur who shows up every once in a while and and drops a thing that that uh, gets people very excited. Um, I had no yeah, so, idea what this was or what it was well, going to be. Well, just real quickly, the, yeah. if you're a first-time listener, this is a patron pick, which is the a book chosen by the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy. They vote to add a book to the rundown, and this week it was Rain Like Hammers, as Josh said. Mm-hmm. I, when was the last time you read a Brandon Graham book? 
I don't know. There was a nice little list at the end where he was like, you can read all these other things. And I was trying mm-hmm. to remember, let's see, uh, multiple, multiple warheads, maybe. And profit. I get, I didn't read that though. Or I read like one of them. That was a long time ago though. It was a long time ago. I was, I saw it was Brandon Graham and I thought, okay, this could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't think, I don't think I got it. Yeah, but I did. I did enjoy reading it. Um, I did not I, I enjoy really did. it, but I didn't get a lot out. I just didn't get a lot out of it, and I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. It, it, but I did. I did find it interesting. I think. I think what I think where I came out was I found it more interesting than good. And it clearly is good. I mean, there's clearly tons of talent here. Obviously, he he. <laughs> I, I think he draws really really well. Yeah, and tells the story really really well. But um, it's it's there's a, it's a very it's a it's a very stylized. I mean, I guess because I read so much of Profit, it's very it's very similar structurally to Profit, where you don't get a lot of information. You're sort of at a distance to the characters. There's a lot of little little insert shots of things, and um, I don't really know what's happening here. It, it's a story set in, in some sort of truly dystopian world in which you you live and work in your sort of ziggurat, mm-hmm. and you eat your protein cubes, and you watch your shows and then you go back to work and it's you know we're, we're very much in especially in the dc side in this post-apocalyptic kick but this is this this is dystopian mm-hmm. and uh i found that interesting i found the exploration of the world the mechanics of the world interesting although i don't know what he was doing for his job yeah um but i don't know that i liked it but i did i did finish reading it. i thought that was really interesting and i'm glad i read it but i don't know if i liked it does that so, make sense what I think happened to me is that it felt a lot like it felt a lot like reading Jimmy Corrigan. And and when you when when this is a long time ago, but when Jimmy Corrigan came out, it was lauded, you know, by sort of everybody who who mm-hmm. had anything, you know, who who had read it. And um he he it, you know, so I kept searching for the thing that would be the hook and and, and right. With Jimmy Corrigan, it feels a lot like this for a while, where I was like, I don't know what this is. This is just this sad little strangely drawn world, you know? And then it kind of does hit, hit it kind of did hit me, you know, where I was like, oh, okay, I see it. And I kept waiting for it to come into focus here, mm-hmm. and it hadn't yet. So, yeah. you know, like, hey, I think this is really supposed to be smart, but I don't know why. Um, which Which could be the fault of the creator, and it could be the fault of the reader, um, but I, I will like looking over the, the, you know, looking over his, his work. I don't, I don't see anything that I was really loved. I, I saw stuff mm-hmm. that I think I, that I think I thought I was supposed to really love. Um, mm-hmm. but it, you know, I think it might be for certain kinds of comic book readers, maybe not for mine. It's, it's, it's pretty, uh, abstract. Uh, it was an interesting little essay, you know, the, 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 the rigor essay, although his is, his is, um, drawn. Mm-hmm. In that he explains, that he, you know, he was depressed living in Vancouver, walking around in basically an empty city, I, I guess. Uh, well, it was a few years ago, so with me during the pandemic. But I guess it was when the city was empty, walking around, watching a lot of TV shows and eating, you know. And so he sort of channeled that to the story. So that's interesting. I just don't know. And I, I, I get a depressed person writing this because the character seems depressed. But um, I don't know what's happening here. I don't think I give you enough information. Mm-hmm. But it's impressive. I think it's impressive. 
as a work. I don't know that. Um, I don't know that I want to read more, but I, I did enjoy reading it. All right. I doubt Ratings. I will read more. Ratings. Uh, out of five. Out of five. I'll go with my personal reaction to it. Would be a lot of three. Okay. I'm gonna give it a four only because I thought it was really well done. But again, I don't know that I want to read more of it. So that's your answer to the question of, are you sticking with it? Probably not. Probably not too. But again, I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. If you're a patron, you can vote to add a book to the rundown. Any patron can do so. But if you give it a $5 or higher level, you get your own superpower live on the show. Like these two gentlemen or ladies or whoever they are. Farron. The one named Farron knows the exact weight of everything. In any measurement system? Any measurement system. So, like, what's that in kilograms? Mm -hmm. And then can convert. I guess, if as long as you had an app, it's fine. (laughs) If you have a phone, it'd be good. Knows the exact weight of that, that box, that desk, that car, the piece of food. I'm trying to think of practical applications in a day to day. Thing. No. What about in so so? Here's the thing: my desk had a weight rating, mm-hmm. and and I thought I don't think I'm anywhere near that. But if I added up all this stuff, how much would it be? And right. I don't know because I didn't go through it. Farron could probably take care know. of that. Farron, yeah. Farron would know it, know it all. That's useful. Or or yeah. uh, you know, can, can can I get on this roller coaster? No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> You know, should you lift that box up? No. Ooh, that's a good one. And and increasingly, as time goes on, the answer is usually no. <laughs> yes. But will you? Yes. Yes, Probably. I will. I will. And then I'll have this weird pain in my shoulder that I won't go away. Yeah. That so happens. Farron just knows all the weight. Jordan Thill can take any uh, technological or electronic advice and advance it one generation of technological improvement. So for example, explain. I will take a light bulb. Mm-hmm. You have have the old fashioned tungsten light bulb. Sure. Pop that up to a CFL. Got a CFL uh, light bulb. Pop it up to an LED. One generation. But but theoretically, he could keep going with it. No no no. The object gets one jump. Just one up the up the sort of generational ladder of electronics. I see. I see. Um, that's, that's pretty nice. Carburetor, fuel injection. Does that mean he could make like your, your uh, headlights into, what 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 are the new ones? Like LEDs or xenons? Xenons. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. You know. Combustion engine into a hybrid engine? I think that's about right. That sounds good. But like you couldn't, like you couldn't take like a, a Barracuda Hemi engine into like an electric Tesla sort of version, but yeah. You can put right. you can put an electric one on there. there. You know there could be drawbacks to these things, just like there is. There's always it's only technology that couldn't make you into like Rob Lowe. No, also that's a bigger jump than one. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't think that's true. Anyway, patreon.com slash fanboy. You five dollar high level get your superpower live on the show. Thanks for all those who support the show. We do appreciate it. Let's talk about Carl C's email. Carl C. says, since you guys like talking about the Mafia, which doesn't exist, could you explain why Marvel Comics called them the Magia 
in the 70s and why they still use that term sometimes today. Probably so they wouldn't piss anybody off and get killed. Well, so... I have a yeah. actual, I think I have an actual answer. Well, the, the answer... So first of all, <clears throat> the, the term the Magia was first used in 1965 at Marvel. Magia um, is how I always thought of it. Magia, probably. So a couple of, a couple of reasons I would assume. Number one is that... Um, well, first of all, I think Josh can can confirm that the the mafia wasn't widely well known in the sixties and seventies in terms of popular um, consciousness. But number two, more importantly, uh, they were rumored to have controlled comics distribution at the time. Hmm. So you don't want to piss off the people who will make your comics stop being distributed. And number three, will also kill you. So yeah, I mean all all this is theoretical because none of none of these people existed. And it really is largely, uh, this was unknown to me, but um, there were hearings, you know, in the 50s and the early 60s, but the word mafia wasn't actually used all that often. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I don't know if it's famously, but, you know, the FBI, yeah, which means our thing, which means the our thing, (laughs) Uh, you know, like Hoover, you know, ran the FBI, did not believe it was a thing. Until the seventies, you know, and there was so. But I, I think that it was probably different. People working in printing in New York knew they were a thing because they yeah, had, but they, they might not. Data, have, but... They might not have known. I mean, yeah, I, I think I think when it comes down to it, like they probably knew the word, but it's also it's also possible there was like a you know, didn't really know what it meant. Like calling it the mafia might have seemed wrong, so they just gave it this other sort of made up name. Um. So now what's interesting is that, uh, you know, Marvel is often tagged as the more realistic universe to DC, which is obviously ridiculous. But DC has always gone full in on, like, the real mafia, you know, especially in the Batman world. Whereas the Magia was always, like, Hammerhead was the head of the Magia. Like, it was always sort of Mm -hmm. a supervillain, had a supervillain tinge to it. Not like the real, you know, like a real-life mafia. So it's all interesting that the, the Marvel universe is always hewed towards making the mafia kind of fantastical whereas dc's has always been very who's the, sort of who's the batman one alphonse or karma well there was the uh falcones there you go carmine falcone yeah and the bertinelli's there's you know really the bertinelli's are one <laughs> yeah helena bertinelli one day at a time yeah rob a writes he's got three questions his first is, I've been thinking about this since long, the long-lost year of 2020. Will you ever do a book split on Cosmic Odyssey? I believe I pitched this to you, Josh, last year. Did we not do it? No. <clears throat> I pitched it to you after we did the Jack Kirby book, and mm-hmm. we got distracted by something else. We have talked about Cosmic Odyssey on our video show. Yeah. Um, but we, I, I did pitch it to Josh last year, but we got distracted by something else. It's, it's possible. Yeah, that's, it's, it's I, possible. I would put it somewhere between possible and likely. That's where I would put that. Question two, I've also been wondering since December 2016, do Josh and Ron have a Dr. Doom Reed Richards relationship? I hadn't thought about this, but maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Who is who? I mean, he'd have to be Doom, right? (laughs) To be fair... I've always suspected that Doom is a little bit smarter than Reed Richards. So what does that make me? The Thing? Herbie. Because The Thing was at college with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Ben Grimm. I mean, you're from the Manhattan. 
That's true. I wasn't a gang. Yeah, but 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 the thing is not on equal footing with either of those people. You'd have to find somebody who has a you know the same relationship with both. It's more of a triangle, whereas whereas you know the thing is on Reed's side. True. True. Willie Lumpkin. Finally, since you guys mentioned Grifter in episode seven sixty three, did you read Warnell's The Wild Storm? If so, what did you think? I believe we mentioned it several times on the show. Wasn't Rob, it a pick of the week? Rob, I don't think you listened to the show. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. So in that case, show. yeah, we totally did a book split on Comic Odyssey. Go find it. <laughs> yeah, I read. I read every issue of The Wildstorm. I talked about it. Mm, probably most of them. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was. It was. Go back in the archives super fun. and search The Wildstorm. It's in there. Yep. Was really it pick good. of the week? It it must have been at least once. If not, I still talked about it a lot. I remember. Uh, I read it all. There was twenty four of them. I read all of them. I, I enjoyed it. I never, you know, I although go ahead, ask me right now. I don't remember a thing about it. <laughs> Contact at fanboy dot com. That's you can write in like Carl and Rob to get on the show. Thank you for doing so. So as I mentioned earlier, we had a new media explode came out this week, right behind the show in the feed, in which we spent most of the show talking about season two of The Mandalorian, and had a good old Star Wars geek out. Good old-fashioned Star Wars geek out, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. He's no good to me dead. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. This is the way? <laughs> Mr. Walking in there. Excuse me. Do you know the way? Oh, this he is the way. He needs to get way. in that show. He needs to be the brother of, uh, it, of uh, what's his name? Bill Burr? No, no, the, the, uh, the German. Oh, Werner Herzog? Yes, he God, must be his I, character's I, brother. I gotta say, there's a bunch of accents or voices I wish I could do, and I wish I could do Werner Herzog. So I much. Can't. <laughs> no one can. I uh, I guess Paul F. Tompkins can do it. It's hard. It's a hard one. Yeah. But I mean, I, like, I heard a little bit, and I was like, that's good. And my friend was like, that's Paul F. Tompkins. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, it says talks blood in January, and I guess that's possible. But I do have one book for February. Uh, sometimes the guests have to wait on things. I'm gonna see if I can double up in that month. Uh, but I've got one scheduled, put the date on it. Um, and I got a list. I've I've, I've found that since I'm not on Twitter anymore, it's harder. That's what I've learned. <laughs> I think I just got rid of everybody's spam. So if you happen yeah. to know Alan Moore, <laughs> so what's funny about our book split in February is this is the third time mentioning it, and this is the third title we're giving it. The first time we called it Jack Kirby by Tom Scioli. The second time we called it Jack Kirby, King of Comics by Tom Scioli. The actual title of the book is Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics by Tom Scioli, and that is our February book split. All the words were correct. At no <laughs> point did it say Jack Kirby, the boss of submarine sandwiches. We were on right. the right track. King of the world, Jack Kirby. <laughs> So I'm really excited to talk to Josh about that. We haven't talked about it yet, but we're going to have that happen in February. I'm very excited. It's not Cosmic Odyssey, but it's a lot of fun, and it's kind of Cosmic Odyssey. I mean, it's 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 it would it should be a precursor to Cosmic Odyssey, for sure. Yeah, I think that, that works. I think we started every year with the Jack Kirby book last year. It was new I mean, gods. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave Lincoln. Head over to ifanboy.com. You can find all of our shows. You can find that episode on the Cosmic Odyssey that we did. Um, <laughs> find I think a, so. It might be one of the ones not uploaded yet, but it's, it's it'll, possible. It'll be there. Uh, I was making a joke about there not being an audio version, but oh, that's right, the right. thing. Although, you know, I should go with your clear explanations over my vague, that's not okay. funny, obfuscating ones. Uh, you can find all of the shows that we have done. 
uh, you can go, for example, you could go into the podcast and go into special edition podcast and you could do a little uh, little command F find of all the talksplodes and you will see in the, we're in the 90s. So there's a lot of interviews that have been done over the years. Um, and, and I'm very proud of that body of work. Not all of the early ones are mine. Um, and, and all sorts of stuff, all the movie, all the animated stuff. There's, a, there's you know, whatever, whatever it is, we've probably covered it in some way. Uh, and sometimes going back to the old version of how we talked about things, not flattering for us, but it's there. We, we, we stand by it. You'll find all the writing from uh, all of our talented writing staff over the years as well. It's just, just, you know, pick a topic. Like, I really want to think about Howard the Duck. You're going to find some Jimsky stuff on Howard the Duck. You're going to. Yeah. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash ifanboy at ifanboy on Twitter and at ifanboycomics on Instagram. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out on Instagram. You will also find, uh, uh best of the week in panels, uh, and, 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 and fun things on Wednesday. Uh, which by the way, good job finding images for that on a regular basis. Connor, you can find always easy. No, but it's impressive. There are Tumblr accounts you can follow. Uh, C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram and J.A. Flanagan on Instagram if you want to pretend to be friends with us. That's not <laughs> super harsh. I think we're very Jesus. nice people. I interact. Are we? I am. You don't interact with anybody. You're the one who just said that. You just said it was fake friends. I'm just saying. Well, there's like my, that was the like army my. was directed towards you. That was like my salty sense of humor. Like, oh, don't say it. Oh, and then some of the people will be like, that's our Josh. And then some of the people are like, that's a dick. And you're both right. You can subscribe to the YouTube page at youtube.com slash iFanboy to keep up with the old video show re-uploads. This past week, uh, there was iFanboy Mini. That was me. It was my pick of the week, Pretty Baby Machine number one, which was a movie pitch. And a second issue never came out. And I'm angry about it. And I take back my pick of the week if I could because I hate that. And iFanboy at the San Diego Comic-Con Parts 1 and 2. Do you know what year that was? Uh, 2008, I think. That's the year, For man. Sure. 2008 is the is the 1986 of iFanboy, just in case you were curious. Was it? Kind of, yeah. 8 was the year. 8, 9, 10. That was the... That was the I know, but this was the start of it. That yeah, was, that was when we were full-time. That's when we started like doing yeah. the... You know, that was the one. We built the website up, the whole thing. 2008. If you want to go back and listen to interviews from 12 years ago of creators who won't talk about their books at all, then you can uh, go do that. Not many. We, and it was, it was late enough that we were a little better at doing interviews by that point. Like, we did them earlier than that, but we're not good. And they're just not, honestly, they're just not great interviews because, again, they won't talk about anything. Mm-hmm. It's, hard, it's hard to have an interview with somebody who can't, who acts like they're in the CIA. Uh, where are we in the script? So, if you like the show, please I read I feel like you just saw something that made you say that. Like no, I just, th- I just always I didn't like doing the con, the con interviews because they were they didn't say anything. I liked doing the con shows because they were yeah. fun and they were goofy, but it was not a lot yeah, of content. It's just like, all right, well, you can read it in three months. Cool. Mm-hmm. If you like the show, <laughs> write us a review or leave a star rating or app on Apple Podcasts or wherever <laughs> you get your podcasts. Better yet, tell your friends, your mom, your kids, your letter carrier um, from far away, from six feet away at least, with your masks on. It'll sound like. Would you listen to the podcast? I like to listen to it. And they won't understand what you're saying, which is how a lot of these conversations go these days. So help us as best you can. Spread I the was born love. in the duck. Oh, no. <laughs> Let her carry your bane. It's, times are tough. There are international customs fees. So <laughs> that's the show this week. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. I haven't done that in a while, and I don't do that well either. That was fun. That was that therapy that we were talking about, I think. Yep. Stay stay safe out there. Wash your hands. 
be smart. We're not out of the woods yet. You know where the mask goes, by the way? Over your nose as Over well. Over your goddamn mind. nose. That's where it goes. I'm seeing a lot of nose slippage. There was a New York Otherwise, Times article said this is that the that the nose slippage is the new man spreading. And I was yeah. like, hmm. what is the point then? Don't even bother. Just, I don't, that's my just take it off. Just take it off. It's yeah. fine. The hose is still on. I'm sorry, everyone. I had a moment. I had to go to the grocery store the other day. It stressed me out. <laughs> okay, it was fun, and then we ruined it. I'll talk to everybody later. Bye.